You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Frankly, I think the dogs don't like them because, well, because sometimes they bring bad news. Mackey and Judd. Animals sense those things, you know. On 1500 ESPN. Welcome back to this four-hour extravaganza. It's hour number three of the Mackey and Judd show. Phil Mackey is out. He lost his voice. He'll be back tomorrow. It's Darren Doogie Wolfson filling in for Phil. Judd Zolgad is here as always. Dave Harrigan is here producing and technically directing. Dave does a fantastic job. Joining us now, we bring into the conversation former Gophers coach, former Rutgers offensive coordinator, former Northern Illinois coach. I can go up and down the list. Many, many years of coaching. It is Jerry Kill. Jerry, good to catch up. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. I'm back here, and uh, we uh, just drove about 14 hours uh, yesterday and the day before, and uh, moving back here to Southern Illinois, and uh, got to see my uh, newest-born granddaughter, our first. So uh, that was... uh, you know, as, as down as you can be on one end, you, you see her and think you forget a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, expound on that, Jerry. Has it just been the ultimate roller coaster this month when you have something so joyous, your first grandchild, but then you need to walk away from the game you so love? Yeah, it's been it's been uh, it's been difficult, and uh, but you know, I, I have to look back at it when you're driving 14 hours down the road. You got a lot of time to reflect. Is that Rebecca and I have lived such a blessed life. Uh, we've met so many people and through coaching and players and, you know, you hear from everybody and it's, it's, uh, no difference when I left Minnesota. I mean, I don't think I ever really reflected back. I just kind of shut it out of my mind as much as I could. And, and I've reflected back and, you know, I don't want anybody to feel sorry for Rebecca and I. I mean, you can't have a better life and, and live more blessed life than we have. And, uh, you know, uh, the people we've met along the way, you know, we got to do things nobody else ever gets a chance to do. Mm-hmm. Hey, how, how important was it uh, for you, Jerry, to give coaching one more chance? And at what point did you uh, did you start to think that it, it wasn't going to be a long-term thing with the Rutgers well, job? I think, I think the deal was is that uh, people say, well, you should have stayed at K-State and, and uh, those people were great to me, and I hadn't had any problems, and uh, I was still on the sideline and the whole works. And uh, working with Bill Snyder, none better than that. But it was a situation that, you know, when this came up, uh, you know, uh, it was a deal where, you know, could I, you know, you know, could I coach again? And my wife was abused. She goes, you know, you, you may never know if you don't try. And, uh, and uh, so – uh, I didn't even actually go out to Rutgers. My wife did. It. She went out and visited the wives in bowl game, and then uh, she came back and, and she goes, "You know, do we want to do this?" And I said, "Well, we'll." I said, "I'm, I said, I'm good to give it a shot." And uh, so, you know, uh, Coach Ash and that late director knew what they were getting. I mean, it wasn't that you know they knew it could be a year. They, you know, they were they understood, and uh, you know, and uh, so. Uh, you know, we gave it a shot, and then you know when I didn't think I could do it anymore. Is uh, 
you know, I got rolled up. I don't know what it was, the second or third game mm-hmm. uh, on a play on the sideline and hit my head. And then mm-hmm. I had a few situations after that. And then uh, I won't go into all the things, but uh, uh, it was a, you know, I've got, I've got, you know, I've got some issues that are are uh, related to all the seizures that are, you know, something that's a. Uh, uh, I have to live with here down the road a little bit. So it's a deal where, you know, there really wasn't a decision to be made. And and uh, I actually was driving. I drove 13 hours, called a game at Illinois, and drove 13 hours back because I couldn't fly. Mm. So, uh, you know, but that's when I thought this is pretty this is pretty ridiculous here now. But, you know what, again, wouldn't change it for anything. Met some great players or great people at Rutgers. Uh, enjoyed working with the guys that I worked with. We had a hell of a lot of fun, even though uh, you never win as many as you want to. But we won three Big Ten games, which uh, where Rutgers is at right now in the program. And I compare it to our first, very first year of Minnesota. You know, uh, you know, I, I think it was a, a good, uh, a good start for Coach Ash and the crew as they move forward. But uh, you know, it just things happen for a reason, and I don't have any regrets and you know I, i'll have opportunities to, to to be a part of a football organization if i want to uh, um, i've already i could go back to rutgers if i want to and then i had to as soon as my announcement came i had two or three calls to to possibly you know go to different institutions if i want to do that sure. but i may just stay right here in southern illinois with my granddaughter so sure. I, I don't know i don't have to worry about it right now uh and uh to see what happens, and you know, I've got to work with the insurance, and, and uh, otherwise, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> right. But uh, anyhow, it's uh, it's been good. It's been all good. I mean, I don't, as I said in my release, I don't regret anything. I did it the right way, and I did it my way. Sometimes that didn't always go good. Uh, I know I forced uh, Minnesota's hand on the new facility and uh, pushed some buttons because I pushed so hard and. You can probably remember those days when I did that, and mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it's never nothing personal, and you know now that you know I haven't seen it or anything at all the facility in general, and, and uh, you know and I didn't always make people happy, but you know uh, you know there's been some good things come out of maybe not making people happy all the time, but uh, you know Rebecca and I obviously I still got my Minnesota stuff, and uh, you know it's one of those things where. You know, I tried to watch as many games as I could. And, uh, you know, we love Minnesota and the people in it. You know, people treated me great. And I think that's what I look back at. I, I've been treated with every stop that I've been at. Jerry, will you step back onto the Minnesota campus? Have you let go, you know, some of the some of the stuff that bothered you when they let go Tracy Clays? Will you come back here to see? I mean, that Athletes Village, Jerry, is going to be unbelievable. It's just about done. And I hope people realize that Athletes Village doesn't get built without you. I know others were involved, but all the work that you did, all the money you single-handedly raised, Jerry, I'd like to see you back here at some point to see that facility. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, raised money and, and did different things. And a lot of people, I think probably I was the, the, the push guy, you know, and I pushed the president really hard and, I pushed it, you know, I mean, I talked about about immediate had to be done at this time, and that's what I was told, and, and I was told that. And uh, so I pushed pretty hard and and, uh, and then was able to help raise money, and, and uh, I do feel like I, 
you know, I'm not my, just myself. But I feel like the people I was with and the people that were, you know, there, and, you know, of course, you got the Lindahls, you got a lot of people that everybody worked hard to try to make something come true. But I probably ended up being the bad guy at the end of the day, but the bad guy ended up helping get that facility. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I would. I'd like to see it someday. Uh, you know, will I come back to Minnesota? Sure. I mean, I've been back, uh, you know, to see the, the, the people, and uh, I still, you know, do some fundraising things and so forth. And, uh, of course, I've done since I started football again, but I'll come back. You know, as far as coming back to – to, to watch a game and, and uh, you know, go to the facility and look over all you know, those things. Uh, you know, I still feel strongly uh, about how things were handled in that situation. And uh, I probably know more than I need to know. And uh, it's a deal where uh, uh, I'm, I'm always, you, you know, I'm a little bit uh, bullheaded and, and uh and I stand by, you know, I stand by the, I'm a loyal guy. And uh, I don't think some things were handled near as well as it could have been. And, uh, you know, I won't come off that statement. However, I'll go down to Tony's eat all the time. You won't go down to eat Tony's with me. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> so may, may, maybe someday. But there's, there's got to be some things and, you know, some some uh, some changes before I would do that. Uh, however, I will say this is that, you know, uh, you know, I think that the new facility, uh, I think certainly, you know, helps the new regime uh, in the recruiting process. You don't have to feed them on the on the floor or whatever. You guys don't have to get your food out down there in the hallway either when you come up for the conferences. But uh, it's, uh, I'm glad that's happened. Uh, I, I, there's nothing more. You know, we still have players there. You know, and so. I want everybody to do well, and I did. I did my part, and uh, you know, it's it's time to let the, you know, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, uh, you know, this is what you know, Coach Black. This is his regime, and 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 so forth. But uh, you know, I can look in the mirror and say that uh, number one, we did everything right. You know, we didn't cheat. Uh, we academically got that place back on track. Uh, and that was that was very very important to me, and uh, we were able to build a, a good foundation for the program to get people excited again. And uh, you know, I think that uh, you know you can always win more games than win the Rose Bowl or anything like that. But uh, uh, we certainly, I feel like, made the program, and, and we did it with integrity, and we did it with class. And uh, um, you know, I had very. In my regime, I you know you'd have to look up. We had I don't know I, I don't know if we had hardly any problems, and, uh, and of course the one the one thing that blew up uh, of course was a was an issue, and so I wasn't there, and I can't comment on everything, but mm-hmm. it, you know I just you know it's just uh, it's just a deal where it's going to take me some time, but uh, uh, down the road you know I'd like to see it, but I still I got to stick by my guns still I got to stick by the Sure. People I'm loyal to. Just like picking up a phone calling me, I'm loyal to you. You've been good to me. And you've been hard on me too. But you've been fair and honest. And I like honest I like honest people and uh uh that's why I've called you back because mm-hmm. you've gotten on my tail end before, haven't you? I have, guilty. Yeah, yes. Darn right. And I never held it against you. And uh because I knew you were talking from your heart and you're honest. 
it's just too bad not everybody can be that way, and that's what's that's what's screwing up about our country. If everybody just tell it, tell it like it was and tell the truth, it'd be a lot easier. I mean, Jerry, you're right. I mean, you did so much good here. Are you upset when you hear Coach Fleck keep referring to changing the culture when really you changed the culture more than anything? I mean, you think about all the changes you made, you know, taking over from from Brewster. You know, has Fleck really changed that much when it comes to the word culture? Is that does that buzzword? You know, Fleck has done a lot of good, Jerry. He has. I can defend PJ on many things, but I'm wondering if that buzzword culture bothers you. Well, I, I think I think it's this, and I'd be lying if I didn't say it didn't at the beginning. Uh, you know, uh, there was a good. Let's put it this way: he didn't accept a program that had a 2.1, 2.0 GPA. You know, he accepted one that had one of the higher APRs, in, you know, in the conference and in the country, and and uh, the average GPA was always around two point nine to three point one. Uh, you know, uh, so and uh, like I said, we had good kids in the program. Uh, so I mean, I, I, the, the the culture was there. I mean, that's I, I mean, it is. It was. We didn't leave that in bad shape. I know I didn't. And uh, I know Tracy was kind of a unique thing, but that culture is, is, was good. There's no question. And our coaches were good. We had good people there. I, you can go through that building right now, you know, it's anybody. I get calls all the time from the building, hey, man, we missed you. You know, and you guys are good people. And uh, and so that part of it, yeah, it, it bothers me because, you know, uh, I don't think it was a, he had to clean up the culture. He's in her the uh, a gold mine in some aspects because of the facility he's getting. Mm-hmm. I'd like to recruit that facility, baby. You know, <laughs> no, I said when we got that facility, I told you there was no excuses for us not to win. Didn't I say that? Or something like that. And, uh, and that was if I was there. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, you got to, you got to. So I, I, I think, you know, I'm hoping I'm taking it this way is that, you know, he's saying it. Does the bottom he says that? I just hope he means it that he's bringing it to his style of culture, whatever that may be. Uh, but he, you know, or, or you know, changing the culture to uh, what he wants. You know what I mean? What he perceives it to be in his mind. But sure. as far as having to overhaul a program, he damn sure didn't have to do that. And uh, so. Um, you know, PJ worked for me for a year, mm-hmm. and so I, it, it's a deal where, you know, it's how you interpret it, and I, I didn't interpret it uh, very good uh, when I kept hearing it over and over and over and over and over. He still heard it over and over and over. Mm-hmm. But you know, again, I'm hoping that uh, he, what he means by that is is that uh, bringing in his new ideas and you know his new flash, his new, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's I'm okay with that. You know, everybody's their own person. Tracy did stuff that I didn't do. You know, he, he was different than me. And I have no problems with that. And there was probably, you know, some changes there that were different. And, uh, and I'm okay. PJ's got to be his own man, do his own thing. And, hey, Jerry? And, uh, yeah. What, what would uh, need to change uh, for, for you to feel comfortable coming back here? Uh, and have you had the opportunity to talk to uh, Fleck or Coyle since the comments uh, came out after Tracy was let go a year ago? Uh, you know, I, I would, uh, I had, uh, you know, brief conversation, but, you know, I think at that time I wasn't very happy 
you know, and uh, so uh, there, you know, it just sat down and said, I had, I sat down and had a conversation, you know, with uh, Mark Coyle, you know, uh, you know, I, I talked to him on the phone for a few minutes and, and uh, that's it. But that, that goes back farther even before, you know, that, that, uh, um, uh, that he was, you know, uh, in the hiring process, so to speak. I, like I said, I know too much that happened before, so <laughs> I, I don't want to say any more than that. I just, I would just say this is that, that again, you know, is that, you know, I'm a gopher. I want Minnesota to do well. And, uh, uh there's a lot of our players there. Uh, you know, again, I haven't said, and I'm not going to, is every coach has his own style. You know, Coach Coach Ash is different, a lot different than I was. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make him a bad coach. And uh, PJ, you know, I mean, hey, you know, he's proven. I don't know what it was. I mean, I pay attention. I mean, you know, either they had one of the top recruiting classes they've had in so long, and and all that stuff. And you know, there's no doubt. Evidently, the guy. You know, I mean, I worked with him, and he can recruit and uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that that part of it's not really the, the issue. Is with me with Mark Coyle and uh, and uh, the president on how they handled that situation and uh, and how you know uh, you know Tracy Clayton's halfway across America and how that was handled. I don't think it was fair and uh, put Tracy in a bad situation. Sure. One, he couldn't win. Right. You know, he, he, if Tracy was the fall guy, that's the bottom line. Let's face it. And, uh, he was the fall guy in the situation and, uh, you know, and, uh, he, he fell on the sword, so to speak. And, uh, that's, uh, that happens. That's part of coaching, you know? And I think, if, you know, when you get fired, somebody just says, Hey, we fired you, you know, uh, you know, because we want we want to make a change or something like that. You're okay with that, right? You know, that's part of the business. But uh, when you you get fired uh, in the you know in a situation like Tracy got fired, it, it really you know was, was a deal where it's pretty evident that a guy goes nine and three or whatever it was goes wins nine ball games in Minnesota, and everybody in the country's puzzled, and everybody's got issues and. I mean, everybody's got issues in college football with different things. And to fire the guy, and the first thing that's ever happened, uh, you know, is strange. And there's not a college coach in America that won't tell you that's strange. Thank you, sir. And, that was great. So, great stuff. Appreciate it, Jerry. Yep. All right. Jerry, we yep. wish you nothing but the best. I know I speak for a lot of people here in the upper Midwest. We're very happy that you're a granddad. And that life is good, even though you had to walk away from the game that you so love. Thank well, you, Jerry. Yep. yep, I appreciate you guys. Take Always care. have. All right. Bye-bye. Jerry Kill, former golfer coach, uh, just stepped down as the Rutgers offensive coordinator this week. We are way behind. We come back with Anthony Maggio and talk fantasy football next on Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. Put on your big boy pants and let's go. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd is actually Judd and Doogie today. Phil, uh, back tomorrow. Jerry Kill just joined us and uh, had some very interesting things to say. Doogie, your interpretation of where Jerry's relationship uh, with his former school stands right now, because he joined us a year ago and he was definitely very upset at that time. It seems like he might have calmed down a bit, but it sounds like there's still a lot of friction between those two sides. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's pretty much non-existent with the higher-ups. Now, with the Lindahls, others that have donated a lot of money, yes, he still talks to those people oh, on a regular basis. Oh, they're still his buddies, but I'm saying Mark Coyle, P.J. Fleck. But there is a good amount of bitterness going back to what took place last year. I'm telling you. I mean, I asked the question, he answered it. You know, I'll say it maybe a little bit more direct. He has been pissed off every time the P.J. Fleck cites culture change. It's that buzzword, the word culture. Now, where I can side with Fleck to a degree Mm -hmm. is things did change when Kill left, when Tracy Clays took over. I'm just telling you. Okay. Things behind the scenes, red flags, team violations, NCAA violations, Mm -hmm. things changed when Jerry left. So to a degree, there were things that Fleck had to change. Mm Mm-hmm. But that doesn't go back to the kill regime. That was the Clay's one-year regime. And let's let's get back to that topic shortly here. But Anthony Maggio joins us now. Of course, you can find uh, Maj1500ESPN.com and iTunes, the Fantasy Football Party Podcast. Uh, start you off with this uh, question, Maj. What is the biggest thing that, uh, that a veteran player like you learned from the 2017 season? Uh, the biggest thing I learned, yeah, I think what did a, reaffirmation, you learn? a reaffirmation, I think, this season of um, waiting on the quarterback position. Um, yeah, it's something that I've ascribed to for many years, but we continue to see um, the, the reasons why you wait on quarterback, like the playing, it plays itself out over and over again. And, and it's funny because we have such short memories by the time the, you know, the the fantasy season comes around next year you know we won't have thought about it for six seven months most of us and you know we're going to be excited to be the first team to you know the the guy that's going to go grab uh whoever aaron Rodgers, deshaun watson drew Brees. you know and Brees and brady are kind of in the twilight here but um you know and every year we see it happen where um alex smith becomes a thing deshaun watson became a thing this year blake bortles becomes a thing and it's it's such an opportunity cost in, in your drafts. And so being, you know, re- remembering that lesson and, you know, staying true to that and being disciplined in your draft, I think that, you know, ha- has been the thing that's really stood out as, you know, as a reaffirmation for me this year. Maj, I'm not exactly breaking news that a lot of fantasy players have a lot of money on the line this weekend, whether it's your championship game, maybe you play all the way through week 17. So maybe it's a semifinal game. Maybe it's a third place game, third place matchup consolation championship what's your philosophy would you keep riding guys that were good to you all season long or would you still play matchups and what i mean by that is okay so Devonte adams is out for the packers right i think now jamal williams will touch the ball that much more but williams might be your third running back you know are there do you nitpick the lineup this weekend where you look at matchups and say okay well it's against the vikings but but if you have a third running back or a fourth wide receiver, but the matchup is favorable, play the matchup, or do you roll with the guys that got you to the point of championship game, third place game, consolation championship? You know, if if they're sort of on equal footing, if they're equal t- equally tiered players, in that um, you know they they're similar in what they what they do from a touch per game standpoint or their skill sets or you know the team they're on etc then i think you continue to play matchups um you know start your studs you know is an old adage that um has started to die fortunately because um you know what defines that these days is becoming you know that's just such a gray area anyway um so i i do think that you know you don't 
you don't say, well, I drafted this guy in the third round and I drafted this guy in the fifth round. And they've both been, you know, pretty much as good as each other. But, uh, you know, the fifth round guy has a little better matchup, but I'm not going to play him because I drafted him later. You know, he's my number three instead of my number two. You know, I think that, um, you know, that's just not, it's not the optimal way to play. Um, you know, every week, you know, every Sunday, you know, you can make a wrong decision based on what the results are, but as long as your process, as you maintain your process as you go in the long term, you know, it's going to be a positive expected value for you, and, you know, those decisions will pay off in your favor more often than not. Okay, Maj, it's our, I believe, last time playing. Now, we've been going at it all year long. What we've been doing is, I haven't played fantasy football in something like, I want to say, 16 years, Dugs, and Maj, of course, plays it every single day. And we've been matching up. I actually beat you last week, Mosh. Yeah, my zero from Leonard Fournette did not help. And Marquise Lee. Now, <laughs> now I I had uh, Blake Bortles, which was huge. Marquise Lee though went, went out in the first quarter, so we both took uh, zeros yeah. from key Jaguars. the uh, The final score last week was thirty two point seven for me. Mostly thanks, of course, to Bortles. You had yeah. 21.2. But for the season, Maj, you have 684. I have 616. Let me give you my three picks. All right. All right. Quarterback. I'm going to go Nick Foles. Philadelphia versus Oakland. And uh, o- Oakland's pass defense ranked 23rd in the league. It's not very good. So I'm going to go with Nick Foles, who I believe I'm not mistaken, threw four touchdown passes last week. He did. My yeah. my running back is going to be Alex Collins with uh, Baltimore going against uh, the Colts. And my wide receiver, I'm going with the Bears, your guy, Kendall Wright, against Cleveland because he has 22 targets over the past two games. So I'm going to go Foles, Collins, and Wright. Who do you got? Uh, for me this week, I'm going to go with Alex Smith against Miami. The Dolphins have allowed three straight quarterbacks to score 20 or more points in, in road games for the Dolphins, and the Chiefs are the home team in this one, so uh-huh. I like him. I'm going to pair him with, uh, uh, with or couple him. I'm going to use your terminology. We're going to couple <laughs> him with Tyreek Hill versus Miami. Uh, the stack, 75 or more yards in three straight with three touchdowns for Tyreek wow. in that stretch. He's got double-digit points in six straight games, so uh, I think that he'll be uh, just fine in this one. And then for running back, I'll go Devonta Freeman uh, against New Orleans. He's actually scored in six straight games against uh, the Saints. Saints have allowed 10 or more fantasy points to eight running backs in their last five games overall. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Now, does it matter, Maj, that I just see the note right now, literally, like seconds ago, that Coleman, the Pretty good Falcons. I don't yeah. know, is he the backup or, you know, 1B running back? 1B, he has yeah. cleared the concussion protocol. So signs point to Coleman being back this week. Yeah, I, I mean, certainly if you are a Devontae Freeman owner, that's not news you wanted to hear because, you know, Coleman is going to get worked in there for sure. I think, you know, Freeman's looked so good. And, you know, when he's been given the opportunity to carry the ball 20 or more times, he's succeeded more often than not. Uh, so, I do think that his ceiling is lowered, certainly, with uh, with Coleman coming back. But I like the matchup a lot and, and uh, the way he's been playing. So I'll, I'll stick with Devontae in this one. Thank you, sir. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks. Yep, take it easy. Congrats. Bye. Bye. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I got off to a decent start, Dukes, but I am, uh, I'm going to lose because, as I said, for the year, Maj 684. But I'm at 616, which I kid you not, other than a one-year re-entry where I didn't do much work probably two or three years back, I haven't played fantasy football in a good 16 years. Yeah, you didn't embarrass yourself. Think about Maj. I mean, Anthony Maggio, somebody I've known for 15 years, going back to our prime partying days when we were in our early 20s at the University of Minnesota. What was that like? It was fun. I I miss those days. I bet you do. Life is so much more complicated now. A six-year-old, a three-year-old, a high-maintenance wife. There's a lot going on (laughs) in the Wolfson household. 
I miss those days. You there wasn't much to campus? worry about. You know what my worry was? Yeah. Do I go to grandma's on Thursday night or do I go to the library or do I hit up both? Oh, you got to go to both, don't you? Well, grandma's always had the $1 beers, so you wanted to spend as much time as possible there. Life now is hard. It is. It's just, it's full of so many different decisions, complicated decisions. I didn't decisions. mean to turn this into a therapy session for well, you. Well, you just, did. I was just asking if, yeah. how those days were. Those were good days. But anyway, yep. you represented yourself pretty darn yeah, well. Yeah, not too bad. Maggio studies this yep. religiously, even though he's a father of two. He studies this. He soaks it all up mm-hmm. night in and night out. So the fact that you're in the same vicinity as him, mm-hmm. same ballpark, is pretty good. Does Anthony Barr need to watch his back against the Packers? When we come back, we talk to Jason Wildy, my guy from ESPN Wisconsin, about that very fact. The show is Mackie and Judd with the Doogie in for Phil. Phil Mackie, Judd Zogad. Don't you like to see these two blood Absolutely. Oh, yeah. scumbags going after each other? Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. As I lay in that, uh, that surgery bed eight weeks ago thinking about uh, this moment, uh, obviously saw it going a little differently, but uh, I'm proud of our guys for the way they played the last few weeks. Uh, today, at this point, I didn't play very well. Jason Wildy covers the Packers for ESPN Wisconsin. You can hear him on the Wildy and Tau show. A very good friend of mine from the time that we uh, spent in Green Bay together, my two years covering the Packers. Uh, so how is the quarterback taking the fact that he's been shut down and won't get to face the Vikings on a Saturday evening, sir? Um, well, first of all, great to talk to you, Judd. Always good to talk Always to you. Pleasure. You know that. Thanks for having me on. Um, since you're running late, I, I won't. I'll skip all the pleasantries. Um, we could talk afterwards. Know, I, I think he's that's true. Um, I think he's disappointed with the way the season has played out. Uh, do I think that he would have liked to have thrown you know six touchdowns against Anthony Barr and the Vikings and uh, put a dent in the Vikings' hopes of getting a top two seed? Sure, but I think he's also a smart guy and he realizes that this is probably definitely for the best. I think he won the argument with the medical staff and the powers that be and got to play against Carolina. And had they won, he would have been in pain but would have fought to win the argument to play again on Saturday night. But I think he's smart enough to know that this is the right call, and it's just unfortunate in in the Packers' case, certainly not in Vikings fans' case, Mm -hmm. that uh, this game doesn't mean anything to them anymore. So no Rodgers. Adams is out as well now. Uh, the Packers are basically done. The only thing I've said is this: I think if you're if you're Anthony Barr, you got to be a little bit careful here because with nothing to play for, I don't subscribe to the notion that bounties are completely dead. Now I know they're not publicized or certainly talked about now, uh, but I'm not putting it past a a potential hothead young player on that team. To try and uh, try and seek a little a little payback. Should Barr be concerned about that? You think? Yeah, I don't understand what you're insinuating. Us Wisconsinites, while we may not be Minnesota nice, we would never do something like that. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. People. I'm not saying that you. I'm not saying that the fans would, and I'm not saying that anyone on the, the Packers fans, roster from I Wisconsin. I'm saying would. somebody else. I, I think the fans would. If you, I know Anthony Barr has talked a little bit about the. Uh, the tweets he has gotten, which I, I'm sorry that that's happened to Anthony Barr, but this just in, people are jerks on Twitter. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I we talked to David Bakhtiari about this, and his phrase was, 
they're definitely going to play to the whistle with him. Now the question becomes, will they play beyond the whistle? And, you know, I think the consensus here in Wisconsin, those folks that are being jerks on Twitter notwithstanding, are that it wasn't a dirty hit. We've seen some dirty hits this season. It wasn't a dirty hit. It was a an unnecessary hit. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't personally think it was dirty. Um, and so, is it the same as you know maybe Danny Trevathan, who ended up missing the Packers rematch with the Bears anyway? So it's not like the Packers players could take retribution for the hit he put on Devontae Adams. They're not going to see Thomas Davis again this year, so there's no revenge there. You know, I would like to think, and I know I live in a much uh, more puppy dogs and ice cream and rainbows world than you do, Judd. But I would like to think that these guys, and one of the reasons why I think they're ticked at Anthony Barr still, is that the idea that they're supposed to be a brotherhood that looks out for each other, especially given the emphasis on player safety. And that you would like to think, just as Anthony Barr probably should have just pushed Aaron Rodgers and not driven him to the ground, you would like to think that these guys, especially knowing the amount of attention the officials will be paying to how they treat Anthony Barr, would not do something like that. All right, so you're not buying the notion, the idea from Judd, your dear friend, Jason, that there will be a bounty on Anthony Barr's head on Saturday night? Uh, I, my understanding is uh, there may be some bounties on Judd at the local drinking establishment. But, no, I, uh, I don't I, – I just – I, I think that there, if there's a chance for them to hit him legally, I think they may hit him a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I, yes. I don't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think that you will see a cheap shot on Anthony Barr. I think they'd be incredibly stupid to do that, knowing all the back. I mean, you think the officiating crew isn't aware of the backstory here? Yeah, very true. So, is uh... they've got nothing to play for. You're right about that, Judge. So maybe who cares if you get kicked out? Okay. Nah. I mean, unless your teammates are going to pony up to help pay for the fine. That's what I'm. That's exactly what that's I'm saying. That's what Judd suggested earlier in the show, I, Jason. I Aaron Rodgers would pay the money. No, 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 not Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I said Packer players, and I think bounties aren't dead. And I think if you believe that bounties in this league are truly dead, you're kidding yourself. And I wouldn't put it past a young Packer player looking to make a positive impression with his teammates to maybe say, I'll take that $5,000. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well. I'm a cynic. I uh, you will be uh, in the press box alongside me, and yeah. I look forward to uh, to seeing if you're if the opportunity. Uh, what I really want to see is the opportunity arise, yep. and then see what happens. I won't cheap shot you, okay? So that so I'll make that clear. Uh, never happened. I, I I may have frozen you out when you got here. You but did. You will not cheap shot me. You did. Uh, Ted Thompson is Ted, and and I I realize there's been an unbelievable stretch of playoff berths, so the question might seem odd. Is Ted feeling any heat at all, especially after Aaron got up after the uh, the title game last year and basically begged him to go get more help? Is Ted starting to feel the pressure uh, from the fact that he's got this generationally great quarterback and and has one championship in that guy's career and now has a team this year that's definitely been a disappointment, in part because that quarterback got hurt? I get that. I w- I, yeah, John, I would say that there is heat being generated and applied by fans, but I'm not sure he feels it, if that makes sense. Like, sure. I think he, he, he is, uh, I don't want to say oblivious, because that has a negative connotation, uh, but I think he just ignores it. Like, remember, this is a guy who, you know, not long after you left us and went back to Minneapolis, 
he came on board, and he's the guy who stood up to Favre then and said, no, we're not interviewing Steve Mariucci. Brett Favre was out there saying they needed to get Randy Moss. He didn't care. Uh, people booed him at the uh, draft party in 2007 and 2008 and 2009, and he didn't care, or at least pretended he didn't care. He got rid of Brett Favre, deservedly so, didn't care. Like, I just don't think that that stuff affects him. But I'll tell you what would affect him is if, say, the guy that you're talking about, this uh, generational quarterback, were to start to apply more pressure in the building. And Aaron Rodgers, I think, much like Brett Favre before him, would like to believe that he has some juice. Now, we'll see if that juice can have any effect. But the other thing that I think is in play here, and we'll see what happens because this happens every offseason. You know, they've got some young, highly regarded personnel guys. Uh, John Gutekunst's son, Brian, who is here in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elliot Wolf, obviously, son of Hall of Famer Ron Wolf. Both guys have interviewed for GM jobs previously. At some point, you're not going to be able to keep them. And if one of those guys or either of those guys is an option for replacing Ted and you lose both of them, when John Dorsey has just taken the Cleveland job, so he's not coming back, I have to wonder what their thought process is because it's, I believe this is the right definition of irony and not like Alanis Morissette's definition. But Ted Thompson, with the help of Brett Favre's retirement and wishy-washiness, moved on from an older person in a position so a younger person at that same position would get the opportunity. What irony would it be if he had to make a decision on whether to step aside for younger people to take his position of importance in the organization? That qualifies. Yes. Yeah. But there's no scenario where he walks away, is there? Uh, I don't know. I mean, without any sort of nudging, probably not. Yeah. Um, But, you know. We all do things that are in the best interest of the team, right, Judd? Oh, no question about it. We always are we're very concerned about that. Last thing for you, Jason. Brett Hundley, are we looking at a quarterback with a future here, or uh, or is, is this a guy who's a backup and that's going to basically be it for him? He's got a lot of improving to do if, if you want to be viewed as a uh, NFL-caliber starter. I think he's flashed the moments where he looked like one, but those have been... In fourth quarters, which is great that he's shown that clutchness. Mm-hmm. But, no, I don't think he's shown enough yet to be viewed that way. And You know, it's all about the situation you go into. As Case Keenum can attest, he was with a defensive coach uh, without the offensive support in Los Angeles last year. You know, I wonder if Sean McVay would have been able to have success with him last year with the way he's played this year for the Vikings. It's so a fair question. I think it's all about your fit and your situation. And, and Brent Hundley, maybe he finds a situation that fits him well after another year in Green Bay as the backup. But I, I, I need to see more to think that. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the time, Jason. You all right, take... buddy. Safe travels on Highway 29. Look forward to seeing you Saturday night. All right. See you. Bye. Um, Jeff Fisher said this week, Dukes, Jeff Fisher had the audacity to come out and say, I might want to get back into coaching. I saw that. How does a guy who screwed up the Rams that bad, who couldn't coach a quarterback to save his life, how do you even imply that you might want to get back into coaching? It's the definition of delusional, High right? High school, college coaching maybe, Jeff? There is Jeff? zero chance 
any competent NFL owner or general manager would hire him. By the way, I meant to get to Jason on Jordy Nelson. What the heck has happened to Jordy Nelson? Let's come back and talk about right, that. Well, you might and, have an answer. Good. And I'll also uh, get back to uh, Jerry Kill's comments, which were pretty strong about the Gopher program. Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad. What's wrong with it? I love the fact that people can't stand it. Yeah. That a lot of people can't stand it. It's great. Mackey and Judd. If you'd voted for Donald Trump, you can't stand it. Yes. Right. Yes, you're convinced this is the worst thing ever to happen in sport. On 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd is the program. We're on until 1 p.m. today. Doogie in for Phil. Uh, let's uh, Let's get back to something that you brought up after our conversation with Jason. Which is Jordy Nelson, and what's become of Jordy Nelson? I'd like to welcome Jordy to the club that so many receivers have been in previously. You're a good receiver with a very average quarterback, or below in Brett Hundley's case. Yeah, it's probably I mean, as simple you, as that. You strip away his quarterback, and now I don't watch Packer games enough to know if if the injuries through the years have now just started to accumulate their toll on his body, which mm-hmm. is also very possible. But you know what? You can be a really good receiver. And you're helpless unless the guy can get you the ball. I mean, Brett Hundley, like Jason said, Brett Hundley's a long way from being what you would consider to be a reliable starter in this league. So if you're Jordy, you go from one of the greatest quarterbacks to play the game to, hey, here's Brett Hundley. I think that's it, Dukes. Yeah, I mean, I think that answer makes sense. Yeah, I do wonder about his his health coming off some pretty serious injuries. I guess he would be like in that second tier of good to great wide receivers, but he's not in that first tier with... No, no, no. You know, no. like DeAndre Hopkins of Houston comes to mind. Yeah. He's gone through three quarterbacks this year, Savage, Yates, Watson, and it doesn't matter. He just he puts up numbers, he's targeted constantly, he's open all the time. Mm-hmm. He's that good. Mm-hmm. That Jordy over the years, maybe he was in that category three, four years ago, but then he rips up his knee, other factors. I think you're right. But the quarterback has a lot to do with it. And what is he now? Is he 30, 31, 32? That he's not the same player he was oh, right. and, and he's when been he was hurt, 26. And he's been hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, my my best point here is that, you know, if you're Stefan Diggs and you're really good, and guess what? Christian Ponder's your guy. You're not getting the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. This is what drove Percy absolutely crazy. Percy Harvin played with Ponder, and he realized, I can't play with this guy. Was Sidney Rice in the same boat with Tavares for a stretch? For a stretch, he was. But then they got bred in 2009, mm-hmm. and Sidney Rice had the one unbelievable season. Then gets paid. And got paid by Seattle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think he, he was out of the game within a few years of that because he got hurt. But but the point being is, yeah, I mean, if you're playing with uh, Christian Ponder or Tavares Jackson, probably, Tavares w- would qualify, or Kelly Holcomb. Or that long list of Viking quarterbacks that they tried to run through here, your your stats are going to be very pedestrian, and there's nothing you can do. I think that is one reason receivers are so quirky. I think is because they have no control for the most part. They have very little control over their own successes. I'll say this by the way: after we just laid all that out about Jordy, I still want Xavier Rhodes shadowing him on Saturday night. Did you hear the stat I read yesterday? That NFL research, I think, tweeted. Mm-mm. Was it the one about Vikings top ten? It was no, no, no. Run was, defense, pass defense, top nine, ten. It was nine rushing res- offense. It was in the last. Offense? It was in, in the last two years with these players on his side of the field, and it was AJ Green, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, mm-hmm. and a fourth receiver. I'm trying to think of nine catches total in those games when Rhodes. Did was you on mention them. Antonio Brown? Antonio Week Brown. Two? Antonio Brown. Nine Mike ca- Evans, nine, three? Ca- nine catches total. 
Mike Evans didn't do anything. Mind-boggling. Yeah. Mind-boggling. He's that good. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you have Harrison Smith as the Vikings MVP? I can lay out a case at Xavier Rhodes. Oh, I, I had Rhodes, too. Oh, no, it's very close. But number one for you is Smith, right? Smith, right, right, but I would change for it For me, number heartbeat. one is Rhodes. That makes perfect sense. All right. Uh, let's come back and uh, and talk about uh, Jerry Kill's comments about the Gopher football program. Some very interesting comments that he made uh, at, uh, at 11 o'clock to us during an appearance. Doogie's going to dissect what Kill meant, because in some cases he wouldn't go too far, but he definitely uh, sent us down a trail of interesting comments. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands, like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.